Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's right there at the bottom of your screen. Let's say it, y'all. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win in Jesus' name. Selah. Remain standing with me for just a moment, y'all. Just a moment. Go to John 14, 16. Y'all ready for the word? Y'all hungry for the word? The Bible says that if we come to him hungry, we'll be filled. And we'll be filled to where we won't no more. Say, Lord, fill me tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John 14, 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 14, 16. It says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Say, I need some help that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. Here's the deal. Look at me. God says, I'm going to make sure that you always know the truth so that you never get the truth confused with the facts. Truth is what God says about it. Facts are what the situation tells you about it. Let me give you an example. The facts may say the doctor says, we don't know what this is. This looks bad. Here's the truth. With his stripes, I am healed. Facts may say, if I give today, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills through the end of the month. Here's the truth. When you're a faithful giver, the Bible makes it clear that my God shall supply all of my need. Which means if I put God first in my finances, I ain't got to trip or worry about nothing else because God's got me. I dare you to lay your hands on yourself and say, God's got me. See, the fact may be that it looks like your family's toe up from the floor up. But the truth is, when you were born, the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline was born. And a curse breaker was born. Somebody say, that's who I am. So he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So he says, this is something that is for those who believe. We'll get into it in a moment. If you're not a believer before tonight's out, you'll be a believer. It says, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Since you were a little kid, you knew him. He said, Bishop, wait a minute. No, I didn't get saved until later. No, but you knew him because you used to sit back and, and wonder how this worked and how this happened and how did this go and how did this. And when you became a teenager, you used to go through stuff that you felt so alone. But then all of a sudden, and you're feeling alone, there he would be there. And you didn't know what to call him. You didn't know what it was, but he was there. Somebody said, I know him. 
It says, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I want you to announce tonight's message like a strong army. Say, I'm spirit-filled and dangerous. Say it one more time. Say, I'm spirit-filled and dangerous. Jesus, do what you do when you do how you do when you do what you do when you do it because you do it well. I yield to you. Take over now. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Sunday, we started this new series called The Holy Spirit with this subtopic, It's the God in You. And over the next few weeks, we're going to tap into a power that God gives us that's part of him that can dwell in us. Tonight, we're going to pick it up from Sunday, and, uh, but the remaining Wednesdays of this month, they're going to be boot camp style. Somebody say boot camp style. So what that's going to mean is going to be very intense teaching and demonstration in regard to your spiritual gifts. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is that he provides spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts, whenever you're gifted, you will always be afflicted. So watch this. Whenever you discover where it is you're attacked, now you understand where you're anointed. And so what I'm going to do for the remaining Wednesdays of this month, tonight I need to finish where I was on Sunday. But the remaining Wednesdays of this month is going to be boot camp style. I said it again just so you get it. Say boot camp style. Which means everything that God's placed on the inside of you, I wouldn't miss a Wednesday this month if I was you. Because we're going to unlock that and we're going to unwrap it. Say, I'll be unlocked and unwrapped. In other words, what's going to happen on the remaining Wednesdays of this month, you're going to discover that there's a you in there that you never knew was there. You're going to discover there's gifts in there that you never knew were there. You're going to finally understand why you had to go through the hell that you went through. You'll finally understand why you were abandoned. You'll finally understand why you were thrown away. You'll finally understand why you were rejected because you're going to be unlocked and unwrapped. That, that somebody say, that's Wednesdays this month. So let's go to work. On Sunday, we learn in Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So we learned on Sunday that we should not see God as one plus one plus one equaling three, but we should see him as one times one times one equaling one. God is Father. He is Son. He is Holy Spirit. Just like water is ice and it is steam and it is liquid all at the same time. Just like you can be a woman and a daughter and an employee at the same time. You can be a man and a football player and a business owner at the same time time. So do not think that when we talk about our Jesus that we're talking about multiple people because that would make us polytheistic which would make us pagans which means we're no different than things that we see on Discovery Channel. No, what makes us unique is our God is so powerful that they can be one him but he's so incredible he can show you another side of him that looks so different than the side you just saw that you'll think is somebody else. Touch your neighbor, say, my God is bad, my God is bad. And when I say bad, I mean he's bad in a good way. He's so incredible that in Genesis, when he says, let us make man in our image, he's not talking to Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's talking to all of the multifaceted attributes that are himself. So Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, looked at Jehovah Nisi, looked at Elohim, looked at El Shaddai, looked at your healer, looked at your way maker, and he said, everything that's good in me, let us make a duplication. Touch your neighbor, say, you don't have a clue who you sit next to. No, you are the image and the likeness of God Almighty, which means everything that is good about God is in you. And I'm going to shake the world off of you, shake what people told you, shake what your mama told you off of you. You're not trash. You're not junk. It's the God in you. Watch well, this. Say it's the God in me. No, no, no. When we see Jesus in the Bible called the Son of God, it is an image to teach us a principle. When we say he's sending the Holy Spirit, it's a principle. The scripture records that Jesus would teach in parables. Say parables. A parable is a story that's used to paint a picture. 
It's a story that's used to teach a principle. And so in scripture, when Jesus, when you see him saying the father's going to send one, it can get confusing because you can think, well, who's he talking about if it's not another person? Well, it's a parable. It's a parable to teach a principle. Jesus comes as the son of God, which is a Hebrew idiom for meaning God in the flesh. Say he's God in the flesh. Just like you and I are God in the flesh. Let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion. Uh, check it out. Check it out. I need to let you know something about yourself. You're not as messed up as you think. Now, folk will try to tell you that. Uh, 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 your situations will try to tell you that. But I'm here to tell you what the word says about you. The scripture says in Psalm, he says, who is man that you are mindful of him? Who is man that you made him a little lower? Your Bible says than the angels. That's not what the original text says. The original text says you made him a little lower than Elohim himself. In other words, the reason that the devil had an issue with God was not because he wanted to be like God. He had an issue with us because when we were made and created, we were now sons. The best he could ever be was a servant. Why is this significant? Because here's, check this out. God says, God says, I'm teaching you a principle. So he becomes a son to teach the relationship between a spiritual father and a spiritual son. I need you to catch that. He says, let me show you what submission looks like because you've never seen anybody do it quite right. That's why Jesus says things like me and my father are one. What I see him do, that's what I do. I can do nothing apart from him. We live in a culture that says I can do everything apart from who I'm called to. We live in a culture that says I don't need to submit. I don't need to follow. I don't need to do any of that. So he's teaching us through, watch this, a parable. He's teaching us a what? Principle. Y'all still with me Wednesday? Now, so, so, so it's, we, we see then that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost or the ghost, or the spirit of God, all those terms, they are this Hebrew word, that's the language of our Old Testament, ruach. Say it with me. Ruach. It, it is the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, here's what it means. It means the breath of God, the mind of God, the wind of God. Okay, so when he says, I'll live in you, God says, my breath will live in you. Okay, watch this. Not just my breath. Check this out. Check this out. My mind will live in you. There's some stuff you didn't read, but you'll know. You'll know because I filled you with my mind. That's why the scripture says, let this mind that was in Christ be in you also. In other words, he says, there's some stuff you ever, been, you ever not known something, but just felt like something was off and not right. And you're like, I don't really know. I didn't quite read that, but it just seems like something's not right. It could be because his mind is telling you something you didn't read, but it's something that he revealed. Then it means his wind. What's wind necessary for? It is because you're going to need, watch this, to have a wind in you that's stronger than the wind against you. So what he does when he fills you is make sure that you've got a stronger wind in you than the wind that's coming against you. So that when the wind starts blowing, you can say, well, wait a minute. There's something that's coming from the inside out. This is why when you start feeling low, you start feeling down. Have you ever noticed how it feels like things can take the breath out of you? They can take this, watch this, the wind out of you. Why does it take the wind out of you? Because it's trying to drain you of the wind that he puts in you so that the wind that's coming against you can knock you down. And I think there's some spirit-filled and dangerous people in this place tonight that can say there's a wind in me that's greater and stronger than the wind that's coming against me. In Greek, the language of our New Testament, not the word ruach, it's the word pneuma. Say pneuma. It means his mind. How does God think about something? Well, he says, I'll put it in you. 
It means his soul. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. God has a soul, mind, thoughts, will. Check it out. Emotions. Now, this is interesting because it would suggest to us that there's a certain way God feels about certain things. That when your spirit feels, you'll begin to feel the same way he feels about certain things. Let me tell you how you know your spirit feels dangerous. When you see people beating down other people and kicking them down and, and judging them because they're not this, they're not that, they're not this. When you got his emotion about it, you'll say, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to give the world life. So in other words, when you see other people putting their foot on people's neck, something in you will say, eh, I don't like that, though, because, because watch this. He doesn't like it, so he feels some type of way, so I do, too. Are y'all still here? I said, are y'all still here? Now, now check this out. It, 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 it means his mind, his the soul, the spirit of God. And the Bible says that this can take resonance in us. So on Sunday, we started learning that there were three experiences that we can have as Christians. The first experience is salvation or being born again or being sealed by the Holy Spirit. All those terms mean the same thing. At Harvest Church, we use the term decision. I made a decision. Got it? It's the same thing. Somebody says the same thing. Ephesians 1 and 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel or the good news of your what? Salvation. In whom also, uh, having believed, you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So when you make a decision and become a Christian, the Bible says the Holy Spirit seals you. But sealing you is only the beginning. For most Christians, it becomes the ending. I got saved, so I'm good now. Let me go back to regular life. And that's not how it works. Somebody said, that's not how this works. Y'all remember that commercial when the lady was putting up uh, pictures on her wall, and she was thinking it was Facebook, and, and she said, look at all the pictures on my wall. And the lady said to her, that's not how this works. For many people, once they become Christians, they think, I'm good. I'm done now. I'll die and go to heaven. Now, realizing that's not even scriptural. The Bible says that we are to be in pursuit of the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's heaven's attribute. Check this out on earth, which means I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. I'm living well to bring heaven down to earth. You are doing a miscarriage to your salvation if the only thing you're trying to do is die and go to heaven. You are wasting your, you're wasting your ruach if the only thing you're trying to do is die so you can go see somebody you used to know. Y'all not talking to me. You're wasting your time. But I believe on this Wednesday night, there are some people that have said, wait a minute. Salvation is not the ending. It's just the beginning. And if it's just the beginning, I'm determined to make my, every day of my life better than the day before. Why? Because I'm spirit-filled and dangerous. Are you getting what I'm saying? Salvation is great, but it's only the beginning, not the ending. It's just like, watch this, parents. If you think of the concept when we use the term born again, say born again. It is like having a baby at the hospital and saying, okay, bye. Mothers, could you imagine having your child going through labor to get them? Hollering and screaming. I've watched Discovery Channel. Could you imagine going through all of that to have the child? Watch it. So now they're born. Could you imagine going through all of that to only leave them there? Most of us can't imagine that. You know why we can't imagine that? Because we'd say, well, that's not the end of their life. It's the beginning of their life. Check it out. When you're born again, meaning when you become a Christian, it's not the end. It's the beginning of a new life. 
which means don't just think I'm saved now, I'm good. Say I'm saved now, let's get to W-O-R-K. I'm saved now, so watch this. I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God I'm no longer where I used to be. So every day I'm going to W-O-R-K. What am I doing? I'm competing with yesterday's version of myself. So maybe I took an L yesterday. That's cool. Today I'm going to go to W-O-R-K because it's not the ending. It's the beginning. And here's the cool thing about being a Christian is that every day, whoo, about to preach, the Bible says that I get new mercies every single day. What's mercy? It's when he blocks something negative that I do deserve from happening. Check it out. Which means it's not just that I'm born again. God is so awesome. And not only am I born again, but check it out. I get a new beginning every single day. Which means I don't care how you messed up yesterday. That was then and this is now. When you woke up this morning, God gave you a new beginning. Is there anybody that can shout for new beginnings in here? Y'all playing with it. Don't play with it. Is there anybody that can shout that God will hit the reset button and give you a fresh start and give you a fresh opportunity? Watch this. The second experience is being filled with the Spirit. It's also called the baptism of the Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism of the Ghost. Being Spirit-filled. All of those things mean the same thing. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth. Somebody say he's not a liar. See, so, so watch this. When your spirit feel, there's certain things you don't, watch this, you can't be comfortable with. Because he's the spirit of truth, not alternative facts. <laughs> no, watch this, watch this, watch this. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. So watch this. The world there means the unsaved. So the Holy Spirit filling us, watch this, is not something that can happen unless you're first a what? Christian. Because it neither sees him nor does it know him. So think of this. When you're not a Christian, the concept of some invisible force living on the inside of you, come on now. Come on now. Okay, now, how many of y'all growing up, you had an invisible friend? Most of y'all lying. Oh, let me ask you different. How many of y'all still got invisible man? <laughs> That's who you be talking to when you be driving down the street. I was wondering. No, I'm just playing. So, so check this out. The concept of an invisible force living in us seems far-fetched. It seems otherworldly. So that's why the Bible says the world can't get it. Because they don't see him, nor do they know him. Check this out. If you are a person who's been in church for a while, if you grew up in church, I need to lay down what you think you know about the Holy Ghost in order to open up for you to receive the truth because the most difficult phase in learning is unlearning. Let me give you some examples. I caught the Spirit. He's not a cold. You can't catch him. I feel the Spirit. No, it's just cold. Those are goosebumps. He's not an emotion, so you can't feel him. Oh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Well, what did he sound like? Because most people, all that was is your voice in your head. <laughs> Okay, so I need you to lay down what you think you know so we can pick up the spirit of truth. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight, church? So we learned on Sunday, uh, and I'm going to hit these real quick because i got to get to where we're going. We learned on Sunday, first thing is he lives in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? So in other words, watch this. It's not just, girl, I can't do that at church. Man, I can't do that at church. You're the temple. So whatever you ain't going to do here, don't do anywhere. 
you, you ever met folk like that? But they, you know, they playing, they, they, uh, they Tupac and all that, and they got a real loud, only God can judge me. They got a really loud in, in the lot, and then when they pull up in the lot, turn it down, turn it down. And they put it on some Kirk Franklin real fast. Okay, maybe Tupac ain't your thing. I'll come down your role, okay? Now, now I'm, not, I'm not judging you for that. Here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if you wouldn't do it here, don't do it anywhere, because the text says you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. In other words, God lives in you. So I want to ask you a question. Would God look at the same websites you're looking at? Y'all ain't talking. Would God talk to that person the same way you're talking to him? Y'all don't want to say nothing to me tonight. Don't get offended. I just, I just want to ask the question. Would God speak to your spouse the way you just did? Would God speak to your children the way that you just did? Say, I'm the temple. I'm the temple. So in other words, let's not be two different people. The same way we are in here, let's be out there. And check it out. When we mess up, what do we already learn? We get a new beginning. So don't, don't get stuck. Second thing he does is he leads us. Luke 4 and 1. And then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we learned on Sunday that sometimes God leading can contradict your consciousness. Your, your nature will be to hold a grudge. His nature will be to say, put a period on it and move on. Because while you're holding a grudge, watch this, while you're holding a grudge, you're holding on to that grudge. Here's what that simultaneously means. You're looking behind you. The reason you can't, the reason you feel so discouraged about your future is because you've not been looking at it. The reason you feel so discouraged about what's to come is because you've not been looking at it. You have been so busy looking at what's behind you that you're missing that there's something far greater ahead of you. I dare you to just, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I dare you to just open your hand and drop it like you just dropped it like it was hot. I just dropped that bitterness, dropped that rage, dropped that frustration, dropped that issue. I, I'm not taking that with me. I'm dropping that like it's hot so I can walk into my future. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Second or third thing is he helps you. John 14, 16. He says, I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper. Helper is this Greek word. That's the language of our New Testament, that he may abide with you forever. So uh, helper there is this Greek word parakletos, which means like a paraclete. He'll, he'll be your help. He prays for you. He consoles you. He comforts you. Which Watch this. I learned a long time ago that sometimes when my nature is to pick up the phone and call somebody, I learned the first thing I need to do is go in. What do you mean? Go in. The Holy Spirit. I'm spirit-filled and dangerous. The Holy Spirit lives in me. So what I got to do before I try to start getting comfort from somebody on the phone, I need to get comfort from the God that lives on the inside of me. Because you may get on the phone, watch this, and curse your situation. What do you mean? Because when you call them, you start talking negative, you start saying negative, you start speaking negative, and you begin to curse your situation when you get on the phone with them. So watch this. Had you just prayed about it, had you just worshipped, had you just gave, had you just turned to the Holy Ghost, you would have been able to resolve that thing in a few minutes. But now you got on the phone, now somebody else is in it. Girl, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Child, I don't know. And now you feel even worse. You feel even more discouraged. You feel even more beat down because you're trying to figure out how in the world am I going to get through this when instead you should have went to your paraclete. Somebody say, I got some help. I got some help. So tomorrow, if your day gets a little rough, before you pick up the phone, before you start cussing folk out, before you start typing emails and hitting on your computer real, real hard, instead of doing that, you just need to say, holy ghost that lives on the inside of me, right now I'm feeling a little stressed and I need help. Right now I'm feeling a little confused and I 
need help. Right now I'm feeling like things aren't working together for me, even though I know your word says they work together for my good. So right now I need help. Next thing, he's your crisis manager. Luke 12, 12, we learn. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. What hour is that? The one you need him. What hour is that? The hour of crisis. Have you ever been in a moment where so many things hit you at one time, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Like you just get like your whole world just gets rocked and turned upside down and all that. And, and here's what happens. The Holy Spirit, he'll teach you what you need to say in that very hour. In the moment that you're in a crisis, he'll teach you what it is you need to say. Because watch this. It might be your nature to be a hothead, but maybe being a hothead is going to make you lose everything you work for. So instead, watch this. In those moments, he may say, shh, hush. Sometimes what he teaches you is restraint. Sometimes what he teaches you is don't say nothing. Because you can't reason with a fool, so everything you've been saying is you just might as well talk to the wall. Next thing, he, he reminds you, John 14, 26, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance the things I said to you. So the other things that the Holy Spirit will do, when you hear a life-giving message at Harvest Church, I don't call them sermons because sermon is something you got when you did something wrong. Instead, these are life-giving messages. They're designed to speak life into your life. So when you hear a life-giving message, you're not going to remember it all. So watch this. What the Holy Ghost does is he says, listen, I, watch this, I will remind you of what you've been taught when you need to know it. Have you ever seen where a message will pop up and, and it'll just pop up in your head and you'll be like, where in the world did that come from? It is because he began to remind you. Somebody say he reminds me. Next thing, he convicts you when you're wrong. John 16, 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. He doesn't condemn you. He convicts you. Here's what conviction does. So you're going to do this, huh? Oh. So you're a king and a priest right now? You the head, that's the head, not the tail? Oh, okay. You know you're my son, right? You know you're my daughter, right? You know I died for you, right? You know you're so much better than that mess, right? That's conviction. Here's condemnation. You ain't nothing. You ain't going nowhere. Look here. You wasn't nothing before me. You ain't going to be nothing after me. Ain't nobody listening to the lot of D you singing. When it was me and you, I continue. We'd be like this here. <laughs> you didn't go on and messed up a nice automobile. <laughs> so like, what is that from? It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. Here's what he does. God convicts. In other words, you'll be like, hmm. Okay. So you really think that's the right way to handle that? Well, God, I, you, you didn't see what they did to me. Let me get them. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. While you're sitting there trying to get even, God is like, we were cooking something up. What you were going to do was just slap them. What we were going to do was knock them on the floor. All right, let's move on. He's, say he affirms me. Now, I talked to you these on Sunday, just hitting it again so we can go somewhere to uh, Luke 3.22. And the Holy Spirit descended and bodily from like a dove uh, upon him. And a voice came from him and says, you are my love son in whom I am well pleased. He, uh, he affirmed Jesus before Jesus went through agitation. When you're unaffirmed, when you get agitated, you will forget who you are. So you'll start acting like, watch this, somebody you're not. You start acting like somebody you're not. Have you ever, let's just be honest. It's, come on, we're at Harvard, so we don't have to play the whole little, you know, church pretend game. Let's be honest. Somebody say, let's be honest. Have you ever found yourself acting like somebody that's just totally not even you? And, and, and here's what happens. It's normally because we are unaffirmed before we are agitated. 
So because we're not certain of who we are, when we get into something, we forget who we are. The Lord had to remind me. He said, son, why are you playing from a position of weakness? I said, well, now, hold on now. He said, son, you keep playing like you don't have the hand I gave you. He said, now, the hand you started out with, son, he said, I'll admit. <laughs> he said, but the hand you got now, why are you playing like you're in a position of weakness? I want to ask somebody tonight that same question. Why are you acting weak when God has made you strong? Why are you acting confused when you've been through worse before? Why are you acting like you can't handle it when the truth is you're handling it? Stop acting like you can't do something that you're doing. Let me speak to every single mother and every single father. Stop talking about I'm just so overwhelmed. I can't do it. You're doing it. And by the way, you're doing it well. Here's the last thing. Here it is. Here it is. When you're filled with the spirit, you get power. Now, boo, the old school church. Somebody shout power. You get power, and power makes you dangerous to what opposes you. Uh, you, you miss it. You miss it. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really into politics. I pay a lot of attention to politics. I, don't, I, I, I restrain politics from the pulpit unless it is beyond a political issue and an issue that deals with misjustice, injustice, miscarries of justice. Now, in that, um, how many voted? All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, praise God. All right. Now, here's the deal. I stayed up all night to watch it all. So from when I got home, and then my phone just rang, and I said, it'll, it'll be there once I'm done. <laughs> uh, I watched the whole thing. Now, here's what happened. Is that in a particular body of Congress, just stay with me. This is not a political thing. I just want you to see the point. Say, I'm staying with Bishop. Okay, stay with me. In a particular House of Congress, the House, a different party than is in the White House took power. And when they took power, one of the first things some of those individuals said is now we're going to use this power to deal with some of the things that we don't like in the White House. Here's the only thing I want you to extrapolate from that. Okay, Y'all still with me? When they got power, it made them dangerous. Come here, Wednesday. When you're filled with the Spirit, you get power and that power makes you dangerous to everything that opposes you somebody say i'm spirit-filled and dangerous dangerous means i got the ability to do something now see before it was just me before it was just my intellect before it was just my thinking but when i'm spirit-filled i got the soul of god in me i got the mind of god in me i've got the breath of god in me i got the wind of god in me which means you ain't just dealing with me now you are dealing with a power far greater and if god be for me and if god be in me who would be stupid enough to be against me Somebody say, I'm spirit-filled and dangerous. Acts 1-8. Bishop, how I know that? Right, Kim. But you shall receive power. <laughs> shout it, power. power. Now, y'all didn't shout it. Y'all just said it real strong, but shout it. Shout power. power. But you, yeah, 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 yeah. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. Literally, he says, you'll start with your city. You go to the region, you go to your country, you go to the world. That's what that is. Got it? And to the end of the earth. Now, check this out. He says you shall receive what? Power. Now, check this out. Now, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Because I'm going to tell you what power is in just a moment. And, and we're going to shout. But I want to make sure you know how to receive it. Luke 11:13 says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. 
I love God because look at how he talked to him. He says, you're evil and you give good gifts. No, just take it in for a minute. Just take that in for a minute. Because sometimes we, we don't think God is as bold as he is. Because the image of American Jesus is this weak, passive. I just want everyone to come together. That's not what he said. He said, I didn't come for peace. I came for war. He said, I brought a sword to turn this one against that one. He said, I come to turn some stuff upside down. He didn't say, I came to bring peace. And let's all get together and sing kumbaya. Matter of fact, after that, let's have some potato latkes. And that's not what he, that's, no, that's, that's not. That's, that's not what he came for. Why is that important to know? Because look at how Jesus talks to him. He says, you're evil. And you give good gifts. <laughs> Y'all will get it in a minute. He says, how much more with the heavenly father? What is he essentially saying? He's good. <laughs> give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Ask him. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody tonight, lift your hands. Even if you are filled with spirit, everybody tonight, lift your hands. Everybody, everybody online, do it right now. I don't care if you and Jesus went to school. Lift your hands. Everybody. <coughs> I don't care if you got a school picture with Jesus. Lift your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for forgiveness for all my sin. Those committed knowingly and unknowingly. First, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you came and died in my place so I can have life and life more abundantly. Because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I'm born again. I'm now a Christian. Now, immediately, I ask for the second experience. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, with your mind, with your breath, with your soul. Come dwell in me now in Jesus' name. It's just that simple. Give him praise for it right now. I said give him praise for it right now, church. I said, give him praise for it right now, church. Now, in a moment, for those of you who prayed that for the very first time, I'm going to have you come down because the Bible says that with the laying on of hands, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we want to seal that filling uh, with the laying on of hands. So in a moment, I'm going to do that. Do not let people get to do that. All right, now, now, say, when, when, when you're filled, say, I'm filled and dangerous. Because there's three experiences. Here's the third experience is when you get a refill. Now, most people live off of fumes, which is why their daily lives are a struggle because they need a refill. You ever been sitting in a restaurant and couldn't finish your meal because you needed a refill? That's what happens to many of us is that our days put more on our plate than we can eat because we are not trying to, watch this, we're trying to eat without getting a refill. We are trying to eat the pressure. We're trying to eat the issue. We're trying to eat this, that, and the other, and we really need a refill. So check this out. Uh, 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 in all of this, say, I need a refill. Uh, when you stay filled and get your refill, you become dangerous to everything demonic, everything uh, that's a distraction, every ditch, every disaster. You become dangerous. Say spirit-filled and dangerous. Bishop, how do I know that I need to have this experience again? Well, Ephesians 5.18 says this, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but ever be filled. In other words, he says, keep yourself filled. Always get the refill with the spirit. Now, say, that makes me dangerous. Now, in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, just flip there real quick. Acts chapter 2, or go to your, uh, you know, on your app, whatever, just Acts chapter 2. I want you to see this. Because some of you may say, well, Bishop, I was filled with the Holy Ghost on March 13th of 1974. You need some more. How do you know, Bishop? It leaks. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Okay, in Acts chapter 2, y'all got it? 
All right, look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house that they were sitting in. So, so look at verse 3. Then appeared to them divided tongues as, as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all, verse 4, what? Feel with the Holy Spirit. Say they were filled. Okay, so everybody gets filled. Now fix, flick over to Acts chapter 4 and verse number uh, uh, 31, Acts 4:31. So all of them people got filled. Peter was part of that, right? So let's start actually in Acts 4 and, uh, and get to verse uh, 19, actually, because I want you to see the characters. I'm just getting there real quick. Acts 4, 19. But Peter and John answered and said to them. So who's there? Peter and John. Peter and John were also there in Acts chapter 2, right? Right. Okay. Now, go to verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. I just want you to see this. So here's a refill. And when they had prayed, the place uh, where they were uh, assembled together was what? Shaken. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, wait a minute. If you only needed to be filled once, why is it that Peter and John are in here getting filled again? Somebody said they needed a refill. Everybody in here tonight, you get one. If you've never been filled, you'll be filled. If you need a refill, you're going to leave up here all the way up. Somebody say, I'm going all the way up. Say it like you mean it Wednesday. I'm going all the way up. Verse 32, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. That's why I keep having you repeat things, because they, they had unity. Say unity. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Verse 33, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Check this out. When they got a refill, the refill came with something else. The refill came, watch this, the Bible says nobody lacked anything. And when they got a refill, the Bible says great grace was upon them. Grace is a synonym for favor. Favor is preferential treatment. So check it out. When they got a refill, not only did nobody lack anything, but everywhere they went, they had great grace. Everywhere they went, they had great favor. Which means when people looked at them, they didn't see them. They saw the grace that was on them. When people looked at them, they didn't see them. They saw the favor that was on them. You want to know why that car accident can kill you? It saw some on you. You want to know why that sickness can't kill you? It saw something on you. You want to know why that surgery, where they said it wasn't going to go well, but it went well? It saw something on you. Great grace. Look, look, look. Look, verse 34. There was anyone who lacked anything. For all who were possessed of the land and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of those things that were sold. Look, look, look at me. Look at me. In Acts 2, they got filled. In Acts 4, there's a refill. And the refill brings grace. It brings favor and no lack. I'm going to tell some of y'all, you've been saying, well, I know it was a debt-free year and I made some progress, but God, I'd like to see some more. Well, listen, we still got about a month and, and 23 days. Uh, say, say, say no lack. Now, 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 look at this. He says, and when you shall receive the Holy Spirit and you shall receive, you shall receive, you shall receive, you shall receive. Now, I keep doing it because y'all ain't saying it like you mean it. You, you shall receive. There you go. Okay, now I just need to know that you mean it. Now tell me what you want. <laughs> tell me what you need. Power is this Greek word. Greek is the language of our New Testament. Dunamis. Dunamis means dynamite. That's what it means. I can't do the move. I beat him, pop some out. <laughs> we'll go back in. Say dynamite. Now, um, most of us, when we think of dynamite, we think of an explosion. <laughs> and literally, that's what it means. It means whatever it's in, it blows it up. Prophesy over yourself 
Say, I'm about to blow up. If you won't do it for you, do it for our church. Say, we're about. If you won't do it for that, I need you to speak it over our church. God's about to put something big in our hands. Say, we're about to. We're about to. Give him a praise if you believe it. Watch, 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 watch. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. I got to quit. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. You ready? Power dynamite. It means a miracle. In other words, your life will be a successive series of miracles. We did a whole thing about miracles. A miracle is when it can't be explained except to say, God did it. You better understand when you're filled, watch this, and you're spirit-filled and dangerous, you need to get used to the odds being against you. You need to get used to the deck being stacked against you. I used to complain about the hand that I was dealt until I realized I'm spirit-filled and dangerous, which means there's something in me that has the ability to take a bad hand and play it well and make it blow up. Touch your neighbor and say, get used to things being against you. See, if it's a miracle, that means it must first be impossible. That's why you've been facing impossible stuff. It's because God says you better peel on the spirit that's on the inside of you. Because I didn't build you to break. I didn't feel you so you would fall down. I... Watch, 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 watch. Then it means ability. And you shall receive power. means ability. You will be able to do something that other people look at and say, how are you doing that? How would you lose that and still going? How would you go through that as a child and you don't hate people today? How did you go through that issue? And, and, and watch this. You should be bitter, but it seems to me like you're the most loving person, even though people did the most hateful things to you. Because I got power, and that power gives me ability. Then it means abundance. Check it out. God says when you're spirit-filled, you're going to attract abundance. What's abundance? It means I got more than I need to do what I need to do. And I don't know who needs to do this, but I get somebody to lay your hands on yourself and say abundance is mine. Abu yeah, everybody else in your bloodline may have struggled, but you, God says, I'm going to give you abundance because you're about to, you're about to. Blow up in case you don't understand what that means. is an urban colloquialism that means be very successful very quickly. Yeah, you, you, you'll go from 100 tonight to 100,000 in the morning. You'll go, y'all not talking to me. You, you, you'll go from owing a whole lot of people tonight at church to waking up and open up credit karma and everything is paid. Ah! Then it means meaning, meaning, it means meaning. It says, and you shall receive power. It means meaning. In other words, he says, when your spirit feels, you attract, watch this, meaning. Here's what meaning means. It means that your life finally means something. You know, we often make poor decisions is because we don't know what we mean. You know why we settle for stuff? Because we don't know what we mean. When you don't have meaning, you will tolerate things that don't support meaning. Say, I'm getting meaning tonight. I'm getting meaning. Yeah, yeah, if you never felt like you knew what you were here for, you be in your spirit field, you become dangerous, so you get meaning. Here's the next word. I got to finish. It means might. Say might. Many people fight, but they don't fight with might. 
Here's fight with might. It'll walk up on you, and you don't even flinch. You look at it and say, well, make my day. Matter of fact, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me help you. I'm about to make your day. Do you know what I've already beat just to get here? Do you know what I've overcome just to get here? I've taken down better people on worse days. You're not saying nothing to me. You Say might. Might in your fight means when you fight, you fight with wisdom. He says, I'll give you might. Say might. See, watch this. Y'all remember I did a, whole, a few, several messages ago, and I talked about sometimes don't fight like a girl, and, and it, was, it was a generalization because I know some of you girls are like, Bishop, I don't fight like that. I square up. I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. It's just a generalization. Don't take it personal. You know, but, you know, y'all remember seeing girls do this? If you didn't see a girl do that, you may have been the girl that did that. So you never saw the other ones because you was doing it. Now, now check this out. Check this out. Just, just, just flow with me for a minute. That's not might in your fight because it's not strategic. It's not wise. You're hoping you hit him. When you got might in your fight, you'll be like David. I ain't even going to hit you. You know, suck your teeth a little bit. I ain't even going to hit you, David. Uh, uh, Goliath. <laughs> you ain't going to hit me. I'm Goliath, man. You know who I am? I do. But I got might in my fight. I'm strategic. I know all I need is one rock. And since, watch this, I'm spirit-filled and dangerous, he's going to take it, and somehow, by the time it gets to you, it'll hit you exactly where it needs to. Uh, what's this? It means, what's this? A worker of a miracle. It means power. It means strength. It means mighty work. Watch this. In other words, God says, when you're filled with the Spirit, you have the ability to do mighty works. When you're filled with the Spirit, you have strength. When you're filled with the Spirit, you work miracles. <laughs> when you feel with the spirit, take this out. I like this one. Violence. And the kingdom suffers violence. And violent men and women take it by force. Here's what that means. Here's what it means. God says there's sometimes when you do need to be peaceful. There's sometimes when you need to be shh, shh. But there's sometimes you need to say. Y'all playing with it. There are some times where God says, I don't need you to be passive about this. I need you to get violent about this. And not against people, but in the realm of the spirit. Don't go out there fighting flesh. I need you to pray like you ain't prayed, worship like you ain't worship. How do I get violent, Bishop? Right up here in the auditorium. That's what praise and worship is for. It's, make, it's my use of violence. Then check this out. It means moral power. It gives me the ability to do right when I want to do wrong. The Holy Ghost will have, okay, let me tell you. The Holy Ghost will have somebody slip in your DMs. Now, just let's be real, because I got to finish the point. And, and watch this. And you want to see what they said. But the Holy Ghost will say, mm -mm. you were number 18 on their list. For those of you who are not familiar with DMs or slipping in, ask somebody after church. Y'all got my point, church. He gives you the ability to do right when you want to do wrong. See, you may want to say, well, you know, shoot, I, you know, they should have paid attention. I'm going to keep that money. Praise the Lord. Overflow. Abundance. 
Maybe God was testing you with the extra $5 they gave you because he wanted to give you 5000 the next day, and he just wanted to see if you would do right when it was easy to do. Then it means, watch this, excellence. Woo! And you shall receive excellence. When you're filled with the spirit, sloppy offends you. Not doing it right, you get mad. This is how I know there are some people, watch this, who have been around me for a long time and it still ain't filled. Because sloppy is okay. It got quiet in the church. When your spirit filled, you look at sloppy and say, uh-uh, that ain't going to do. That's not acceptable. Romans 2.18, approve those things that are excellent. Somebody say, I'm a person of excellence. And let me just clarify my statement. I say people have been around me. What I'm saying is, is that ex our excellence is collectively coming up. Say it's coming up. Okay, okay, but when your spirit filled, when you stay filled, you're always sharp in your excellence. When you're not filled, you're like, I see it ain't right, but I, child, I'm tired. When you stay filled, if it's not right, it's not right. Watch this. And I'm not done until I'm done. And when I'm done, I know I'm done because it's right. Y'all got it? Here's the last one. And I'm getting ready to close. Seriously, watch this. It means the power and influence which comes with riches. And you shall receive power. Here's what it means. The power and influence that comes with riches. It's this term, pecuniary ability. When your spirit filled, you'll look like money you don't have. Now, come on, come on, come on, come on. This is your Bible. I'm not making this up. I'm not saying be materialistic and be in the cash cars and clothes. I'm just telling you what it means to receive power. Somebody shout power. He says, you shall receive pecuniary ability. You will get influence and power like you got money you don't have. So you'll walk in somewhere and they'll treat you like you got billions. And the truth is, is that you would, y'all not saying nothing to me. They'll treat you like you're the owner. They'll treat you like you're the CEO. They'll treat you like you're the head. They'll treat you like you are somebody. They'll treat you like, are you Bill Gates? You must be Gates family. You, you, you must be Gates folk. You, you, you must be, are you related to Jeff Bezos? Amazon. Do, do you think if he goes to five guys, he got it, but do you think they charge him? I, I'm, this is my guess. I bet. I don't know. But I suspect when they say, oh, God, that's Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Now, he can certainly buy the burgers. I know what I sent him just yesterday, so let me tell you, he can buy the burgers. Check this out. He can buy the burgers. But when you have pecuniary ability, you get treated like money you don't have. You know what? So I bet you somebody be like, no, I, I just don't charge him nothing. Isn't it funny that the one with the money don't get charged nothing? Let me prophesy to somebody in here tonight and somebody online. When you are filled with the Spirit, the, the Scripture records that you will have power and influence that comes with riches. In other words, when people see you, they will see you as something far greater than you are. They'll see you as something far more significant than you are. They will look at you and treat you like you're a different level of person. And here's why. God's going to have them treated like you first, so then it manifests second. Somebody say, I receive that. If you believe it, give God a praise in here. Spirit-filled and dangerous. 
spirit-filled and dangerous. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.